Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Hey, what's up? Thank you for spending your Memorial Day with us, everybody. We are recording on Friday, May 24th. You are hearing this on Monday. And hope you're having a great holiday and a great three-day weekend. We'll be back with our typical show on Tuesday. Adam Azer here with Heath Cummings and Chris Towers. Thank you guys for being on the Mailbag Show. Oh, anytime. You know, it's, it's a day off, but we're here because we're dedicated to the show right. and to our listeners. I've already had 17 beers. Oh, that would be fun. Uh, so, actually, that would be kind of a lot. That would require a lot of cheers. It is. It's a lot. Yeah. So what, what's your record? I don't. That's, that's childish to keep track of those types <laughs> please, of Please, give me a we used to, We used to play a game in college where um it was it was i can't remember it was something about wizards mm-hmm. and um you would tape your 12 ounce cans together mm-hmm. and the goal was to try to build a tower a, it was a wizard staff right. taller than yourself uh the stupidest thing i ever did was well not the stupidest thing i ever did but the stupidest <laughs> thing i did related to this uh Somehow we got into some sort of argument my senior year of high school about who could drink the highest number of beers in one hour. <laughs> and so um, for that particular event, I believe 14 in one hour was Jesus, my sorry. record. Oh, my gosh. 14, like 14 in, in one hour. day yeah. is too many. Holy yeah, I, um, Andre the I had, Giant. had to clear out space once during the process oh, and was once? disqualified, but I did finish. Wow, my goodness. Uh, the the stories about Andre the Giant drinking, I never got to finish the documentary, uh, but they are pretty amazing. But 14 in an hour, I'm not even sure if he pulled that off. A beer every four minutes? It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, it was terrible. Here we go with baseball. Uh, email of the day is from David. I have an idea for Friday's mailbag show. You should each predict two big, bold storylines that will happen over the weekend. When you return on Tuesday, you'll either be right or we'll get to laugh at your poor prediction. Must be a bold guess, though. Adam. Yes. I have an even better idea for the Friday mailbag. (laughs) (laughs) Can you send us the notes so we can... I'm reading the notes I said that I didn't know. I didn't know. He's in them just to me. Yeah. He really didn't want you to be here. (laughs) I don't know how you didn't get that impression earlier. (laughs) Uh, I feel like I should clarify that no one should ever do what I just told the story about doing. It's irresponsible. Oh, no, you have. No, you should not have done it. I agree. I agree. I just want to make sure uh, no one thinks I'm endorsing it. It was bad. uh, Yeah. Um, Okay. So bold prediction number one. Because this is the way things generally go for me. I made a big thing this morning about dropping Joey Votto for Biggio. I am going to predict that Joey Votto Botto has seven hits in the next three days, and three of them are home runs. <laughs> okay, that's pretty bold. Uh, my first prediction is that Tyler Malley is the most added player in CBS Sports Leagues after seven innings of two-run ball with seven strikeouts at the Cubs this weekend. The Marlins extend their MLB-long winning streak to nine games and Dave Martinez loses his job as a result. <laughs> that is not bad at all. All right. Round two. The Royals sweep the Yankees oh, come on. in Kauffman stadium. 
and um, get your own narrative. Domingo Herman gives up six runs. Okay, now we're just talking crazy. Uh, my next bold prediction is that David Dahl picking back, piggybacking off of Heath uh, and his somewhat bold call the other day. David Dahl three home runs over the weekend against the Orioles. Is that even bold? Four home runs over the weekend against the Orioles. Okay. Okay. Um, Vladimir Guerrero has his first multi-homer game in the majors twice. Oh, four home runs. Wow. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Thank you for that idea, David. And thank you for your thoughts, fellas. And let's, we have three categories of emails. We have the regular old fashioned emails. We have the grade, the trade, and we have the fantasy regulators today. Let's start with a regular old email. I, I need to correct something. It's fashioned, isn't it? Fact check. Yeah. Vladimir Guerrero has already had a multi-homer game. Oh, I think you're going to correct my grammar. <laughs> He's going to have a second and his third. Okay. Are you sure? Yes. At San Francisco on May ah, the 14th. That's right. Um, that's because I said, oh, he just needed to escape that cavernous uh, Toronto stadium. What the hell is it called? Rogers, Rogers Center. Center. To go to... Centra. Oracle Park? Oracle Park. Yeah. Centra. Okay. First email is from John. What is up with Brian Reynolds? I've heard zero about him, and he's hitting 320. How does Brian Reynolds compare to some of the other rookies? I I don't see a ton of reason to be excited about him. In the minors, he was routinely hitting 300. Um but without a ton of power now he's hitting for power both in the majors and in the minors so far but it's got 146 plate appearances total so it's hard for me to get too excited about that he might kind of fit into the same profile we were talking about with a couple of guys earlier maybe even the Nicky Lopez type profile except for the fact that he does strike out a lot more than he walks or has in the minors and has yeah. so far in the majors so May not be quite as helpful in points and doesn't do enough in categories besides batting average. A 15-team, five-outfielder league, he should definitely be rostered and probably started. Ryan Reynolds, not an everyday player for the Pirates. Close to it, but not everyday. Uh, John from Virginia. Standard 5 by 5 categories league with OPS instead of batting average. Obviously, highly owned players like Joey Gallo and Junk Peterson have more value in a league like this, but it's hard to find steals guys who hit with a respectable OPS. Here's the most impossible question we've ever gotten. Who were some players with lower ownership percentages that you would recommend to pick up for steals without hurting my OPS? Oh, gosh, I don't... I don't. Byron Buxton, he's probably owned in that format already. Maybe Colton Wong. Uh, he's slowed down on the hitting side considerably, but he does have seven stolen bases. Uh, but most of the guys who aren't owned are already going to be... If you are a good hitter and you steal bases and you have a good OPS, right, exactly. you're owned. Yeah. There is one possible exception. Um, Kevin Kiermaier is hitting 242, uh, but he does have a 748 batting average or uh, OPS. That's not a great OPS, but it's probably not killing you. And he does have uh, six steals and five homers and you know has 2020 potential if he can just stay healthy. Okay, that's a pretty good call. Great job. Thank You're you. welcome. Next Thanks. email is from Adam. Dear Zach, Tom, Tim, and Brad. These are 
set the these are uh, the people. male members of the Taylor family in Tool Time or oh, Full yeah. House? No, probably Home Improvement. Home Improvement. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say these are actors I look like: Zac Efron, Tom Hanks, Brad Pitt. I didn't have a Tim. Yeah, why'd you go with Tom Hanks though? Was there like a hunky? That's Tom? the only one it he kind seemed, of looks like. It seemed like you were going for like heartthrobby guys, and like Tom Hiddleston's a, an attractive Who the man. Hell is that? Like you could definitely play Tom Hanks son who lives at home tom uh, at like the oh. <laughs> lives at home okay. oh yeah tom. that is uh rage against the machine oh okay. okay so uh was wondering if you guys could talk about alex reyes working his way back as a starter he had a start in the minors and was around 97 and hit 99 alex reyes and he's gonna need an opportunity to open up in the cardinals rotation first but Given how Michael Walker has pitched so far this season, that might not be too difficult. So it's mostly, as it always is with Alex Reyes, a question of whether he can hold together. And um, you know, right now he's only thrown, I think, five innings is the most he's thrown in a start this season. So we're still probably a couple of weeks away from him getting that opportunity, especially because he was really having trouble throwing strikes, both in his very brief Major League time, and then his first five appearances at AAA. Okay. Email from Weston. What are your projected stat lines for Whit Merrifield and Adalberto Mondesi? <coughs> and is there really any trade that you wouldn't take for Joey Votto right now? I'm trying to swing something to replace him, and I'm honestly targeting players just better than waiver wire material. Yeah, I'd, I'd take most any player better than waiver wire material. I. That's like... 220 guys you're saying there are 220 players you would trade joey Votto for right now i'm not sure if joey Votto is good anymore i mean that fine but so you have moved him outside of your top 18 at first base i think he's 14th okay so i like there's probably some like it depends on the in a 10 team league i would take anyone in a 12 team league there's probably 40 players or so that i wouldn't take for him Okay. And what are your projected stat lines for Merrifield and Mondesi? I don't think we've really seen much from either of them so far this season that is unsustainable. I would think Mondesi, I would guess, probably hits closer to 260 than 290. But yeah, at Merrifield, I would say 295 with 20 home runs and... 35 stolen bases and 100 runs scored. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, let's uh, take a break from the regular emails and do some Grade the Trade. Grade the Trade from Brandon from Edmonton, Canada. That's Brendan, not Brandon. Grade the Trade. Give up Blake Snell and Nick Senzel for Ronald Acuna and John Gray. Snell and Senzel for Acuna and Gray. I it probably depends on what your need is, but I think it's pretty close to fair. I would probably take Senzel over Gray and Snell versus Acuna. I think it's pretty close to a toss up. So I think you're probably more on a C minus area, but it's not terrible. Yeah, I think C minus is fun. Travis Seidel, I gave up these three players for these three players. <clears throat> Josh Bell, Tanaka, and Robbie Ray. For 
Blake Snell, Patrick Corbin, and Hunter Dozier. Hey. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Good job. Yeah, definitely. From Rob, subject line is Correa for Meadows. Is Carlos Correa for Austin Meadows a fair trade in a dynasty categories league with OBP and slugging? I have plenty of infield, but I'm having to start guys like Marwin and Renfro in my five outfielder league. So I gave up Carlos Correa for Austin Meadows. F. Yeah, that's really bad. There was an interesting question on the end of the last grade, the trade, that I would like to have Chris answer. Oh, oh, should I drop Hunter Dozier for Joey Votto? I think so. Yeah. Heath? I assume you have Hunter Dozier ranked lower than Joey Votto. I think they might be 14 and 15. You have Joey Votto ranked higher. So you would have to drop Hunter Dozier. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're just a huge liar. I could be a huge liar. Wait, why is this Correa for Meadows trade so bad? Meadows is, you know, having a great year. Shortstop, super deep. Look, I, I wouldn't do it either. But <laughs> but I mean, when you when you factor is, in that he's starting Marwin Gonzalez and Hunter Renfro, maybe you have to overpay for a young outfielder in a dynasty league in, in Meadows. I think you if you shop Carlos Correa around the league, you can do better than Austin Meadows. Well, first of all, like... It's an auction league, so you do have to take into account age. And Austin Meadows is young. He is about eight months younger than Carlos Correa, who is a proven elite player. Austin Meadows is having a very good start to this season. But he had a sub-800 OPS last season. He mostly ran up sub-800 OPSs in the minors. And Meadows, I've been lower on him, and maybe that's just incorrect. But I, I don't see a superstar profile there for fantasy. All right, those are some grade the trades. What should we do next? The regulators or back to some regular old emails? Oh. Let's regulate. Let's do it. I'll make the music a little louder. Mount All right. up. Put in fantasy regulators in the subject line and send us an email at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. We will regulate your commission disputes. And here we go. The first one. Get a name uh-huh. for you. Hey, shut up. First one is Pat in Indy, and Pat says, uh. Pat says, <laughs> I play in a weekly points league. Rosters lock on Monday when the first game starts. This is, okay, this is, by the way, two lineup locks ago, but still appropriate. I started Cole Calhoun, hoping to capitalize on his hot hand. Later in the day, after the rosters had locked, the Angels announced that Calhoun would be missing games this week due to paternity leave. I messaged my commish asking if they would consider allowing me to sub Castellanos into my lineup in place due to the unforeseen circumstances. Castellanos had already played but scored zero points on Monday. The commissioner said, absolutely absolutely not. I had to stick with Calhoun. Rosters were locked, and that was that. I would not expect a roster sub in the event of an injury, and I'm not even sure I'm right to expect one here for paternity leave. What say you? Uh, your commissioner commissioner handled this correctly. Merriam-Webster dictionary defines lock verb as to restrict access to the full functionality or data of a computer, mobile phone file, etc. Especially by requiring a user to verify their identity. So that's that's not really a relevant uh, <laughs> definition. Helpful. But lock means lock. You know. Good job, commissioner. Anytime. Okay, back to some old-fashioned emails. This is no name here. Dear Jack, Shelley, Danny, and Scatman. Those are the Beatles. Do you know who they are? Yeah. 
They're from Liverpool, England. <laughs> I have no idea who they are. It's The Shining. I don't know who Scatman is, but I'm pretty sure that's The Shining. Uh, is DJ LeMahieu a top 12 second baseman rest of season in a points league? DJ LeMahieu, I'm thinking about trading Brandon Lau for pitching while the iron is hot, but not sure about LeMahieu's playing time or production when the Yankees get back from the IL. Playing time, I think, is the bigger concern. Um, he's playing pretty much every day right now. He's playing very well. Um, but what's it going to look like when Didi Gregorius is back? And that could be you know, within the next three or four weeks. It's really going to come down to DJ LeMayhew or Urshela, right? Probably. I would think LeMayhew would win that battle, especially as well as he's been playing. I I have him 13th rest of season in head-to-head points. I think there's a very good chance he's a top 12 second baseman. He's currently number six in points. Which is cool. Let me see where he is in Roto. Um, but it's all batting average. I mean, does that concern you at all? Because it's, uh, it's right now on Friday, DJ LeMayhew has a 127 ISO. It's, it's all batting average. Yeah, he's walking, too. But, yeah, eh, but that's, a little that's generally what DJ LeMayhew does. He's having a very DJ LeMayhew season, which I was surprised. Wow. I didn't expect that out of course field. But... You know, he's on pace for 90-plus runs and 75 or so RBI, so you'd like to see him steal a little bit more, but he's having a very good season. And he has led off basically every game since April 23rd. Yeah, okay, so he's actually sixth in a roto. I apologize. I'll try to look up where he is in points, but I guess it's conceivable. I don't think he's going to lose that much playing time because I think he could play some first base as well when they want to DH Voight, stuff like that. Uh, plus somebody else will get hurt. J- uh, Jake from Ontario. Is it good tactics or foul play to trade your excess of player depth to the worst team in your league rather than dropping those players so other teams can grab them? I think it's brilliant. It's, I, I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very smart. Okay, this is from Marshawn. I'm finally giving up on Robinson Cano. Rank these guys going forward in a 10-team categories league. Are any of them must-add? C.J. Crone, Hunter Pence, Scott Kingery, Shinsu Chu, and Miguel Cabrera. Robinson Cano is better than all of them. I get that you want to give up on Robinson Cano, but he, his batted ball data all pretty much across the board suggests <laughs> that he should continue to hit like he did last year at the very least. Yeah, he was one of the guys that I featured in my regression column that Adam teased three times this week (laughs) and never actually discussed. It's It's so true. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, I sent it out in the newsletter. Believe me, if Chris had written it, we would have discussed it. Let me just see where Cano... One of the benefits of being the boss. Last year, Cano only played 80 games. He had 303 with 10 home runs. Did not steal a base. Great plate discipline. 22 doubles. So you multiply it by two, you're talking 303 with 20 homers and 44 doubles. Uh, you know, without any steals, I, I just think I, I just don't think he's that valuable in a category. That, that's fine. But let's compare him to these guys. Well, like Chu, I, I think Chu a, is the one guy I think could be better. And, and to me, like in a 10-team categories league, I'm fine streaming hitters and playing the hot hand. And right now, I'd pick up C.J. Crone. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of look at him very similarly to how I look at Robinson, if, how you framed Robinson Cano. Like, Robinson Cano only gives you batting average. Um, CJ Crone only really gives you home runs. Like, there's a re- this guy has hit 30 homers consecutive seasons. There's a reason nobody's ever excited about having him on their fantasy team is because he is very much a one-trick pony. And also, he's not hit 30 home yeah, runs in consecutive seasons. He's only done it once in his career. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. But... <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just saying, like in a shallow format, hitters are plenty. Like, it, I guess it maybe depends on your record. If you're seven and one, then keep Cano. If you need to win right now, I'm going with Crone. Okay, from Zach, dear Brett, Mike, and John. Brett, Mike, and John. Hmm. I don't know. Famous uh, Farves. Common first names. <laughs> Brett, Mike, and John. I'm seeing a lot of political stuff here. Okay. Question is, 10-team head-to-head categories league with offensive strikeouts. I have too many rookies, and I can't fit Max Muncy or Corey Seager into my lineup, and nobody wants them in trade. So please rank these rookies. Michael Chavis, Eloy Jimenez, Nick Senzel, Austin Riley. So, And this is where it gets in. Are we ranking these guys as if they're all four in the utility spot? Or do we give Chavis and Senzel the bonus of having second base eligibility? You give them the bonus because he really wants to know who to trade. I think you... This is not to say that I think they're going to be the worst of the two, but I think they probably have the most value right now. I would trade try to trade Travis and Riley and get... God, what <laughs> kind of player could you get? You have to get someone really good. Who, who's Travis? <laughs> I'm just going to go get my food. <laughs> Chavis. <laughs> I, I would trade Austin Riley. Okay. <laughs> he really left to go get his food. He's yeah. such a dope. He ordered food like right before he went on the podcast, and now it's here. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. Back. I just have to go pick uh, up. Okay, okay. Go get your pizza. We'll take a quick break on fantasy baseball today. When we come back, uh, a lot more of your questions, your grade to trade, and your fantasy regulators. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody. Question from uh, Matt. There we go, from Matt. Gosh, can't speak. What's the dropometer on Cody Allen and Colin McHugh in a 16-team league with 28-man rosters? Ooh. Now, he doesn't tell us if it's a categories league, but I'm assuming that it is. I would say that McHugh is at like a 3 and Allen's at a 4. Here's one from Big Tom Callahan from Ohio. Subject, insert Heath sigh before and after. Uh, what a stupidly fun game before and after is. That was when we took, like, Garrett Cole Hamels. What was the other one? Oh, Domingo Armand Marquez, etc. I was absolutely shocked that Baseball Reference has no player with the last name of Kevin and equally shocked that I could not find, um, that I could find a Frederick for a, both a first name and a last name. I feel dirty about the last one, too, but I wanted to win. What is he talking about? I included uh, the, uh, Dear Kevin, Frederick, Tyler, Austin, Riley, and Pint. Oh. 
Thank you. Dear Kevin, Frederick, Tyler, Austin, Riley, and Pine. Okay, there you go. That there that helps. Um, that was from... Chris came back with no food. Oh, I left it at my desk. You can, okay. There's a sign right there that says no food or drinks in the okay. podcast room. Okay, also, uh, Big Tom wants to know... I butchered this email. Our quick thoughts on Chris Bryant. Uh, I think at this point you have to consider that he's mostly back. Um, you know, most of the bat ball data supports that. He doesn't seem hindered at all by the uh, the shoulder. He's running the bases really well. So, yeah, I and, think I think he's back. And like maybe back and better than ever. Maybe, maybe. he's got a career best strikeout rate. He's got a career best ISO. He's got a career best walk rate. I don't know that I'll hold up, but yeah, I don't have the preseason concerns seem to be not concerns anymore. P.S. Yeah, I know Scott was the most concerned about him, but I think he wrote this week in one of his pieces that he's pretty much gone uh, past that. P.S. Shield or Game of Thrones? Pick one. And as the only one who's seen both shows, I, the Shield's better. Game of Thrones is more fun. Game of Thrones is the most fun show I've ever seen. I... Because the budget is just, you know... Your your reactions to this season of Game of Thrones have been completely baffling. I could see how you would say that. They have not like, been you, the what pop the popular opinion. Well, like... I like the season. You hated episode two. Yeah, so boring. You loved episode five. Yes. Go watch a Michael Bay movie, man. No, it, it's not that. I mean, I liked episode... I, I liked... Episode four. I, I okay. Well, whatever. The you shield is like the big stuff smashing together. I I've not, not watched it. either of these shows. It's, it's so which one's better? Probably Shield, because not as many people tweet about it. <laughs> the, the Shield. It's uh, it's amazing. Ryan D from Loma Linda, California. What are your thoughts on Corey Kluber? Is he worth stashing? So I I think I had seen initially that there was a chance he might not pitch at all this season, but. He got the cast off his arm, I think, yesterday. And, um, you know, that that's a good sign. Yeah, the, I mean, the rest of the email asks if, if you had an IL spot available, would you add him in hopes of a late-season boost? And absolutely, 100%, 100% yes, I would. I would drop someone from my IL to add him. Corey Kluber. I really enjoy, like, reading the second part of the email. <laughs> I really like taking part in the discussion as it's happening naturally. This one's from John. Subject, Marcus Stroman's dad will kick yes. Josh Bell's dad around the yard. <laughs> yes, Marcus Confirmed. Stroman also has a very, very large adult dad. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Jeremy in Canada, I'm rostering Cervelli and Astudio in a 16-team, one-catcher league. Would you drop Cervelli for Elias Diaz right now? Yeah. Yeah, I think I dropped Cervelli in one of my one-catcher leagues recently. Okay, I think I'd rather have Cervelli than Diaz. Okay, let's go back to some grade the trades. Travis from the Charm City, which is Baltimore, but also a great burger place in South Florida. I've still never had tried it. It's terrific. Cowboy style. Freaking great. Treated, uh, traded away Chavis, or Travis as some people say. Chavis, Freed, Castillo, and Acuna. It's a big one here. Chavis, Freed, Castillo, and Acuna for Mike Trout, Javier Baez, and Austin Meadows in a 10-team league. Don't you mean Javier Baez? <laughs> Javier Baez, like Juan Soto. 
Chavis, Freed, Castillo, and Acuna for Trout, Baez, and Meadows. We're assuming this is Luis Castillo? Yeah. I mean, I guess it could have been like Diego Castillo. Is that Wellington? <laughs> F if it's Wellington. <laughs> you give it away. Yeah, A plus. <laughs> um, I think that is probably a B, especially in a ten-team league, because um, I think there's a chance. You know, we're really impressed with what Chavis and Freed have done. Chavis and Fried have done, but the sample size is still very small, and there are still questions about the skill sets for both. So, you're getting two confirmed studs in Trout and Bias. So, yeah, you do it. I'll go B minus. Okay, from Addison, I give up Manny Machado and Lucas Giolito. I get Josh Donaldson and Shane Bieber. So Machado and Giolito for Donaldson and Bieber. I think the difference between Bieber and Giolito is bigger than the difference between Machado and Donaldson. So I will give this one a B plus. I think it's a C minus. I'm with Heath. I'm going to give it a B minus, though. Uh, because you guys think Manny Machado is going to be a lot better than he has been? No, no, yeah, I'm with I you. Still bet on that. I'm with you, Heath. Oh, you're with me? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, from Darren. Dear Darren. Dog, blog, frog, and log. Four words that rhyme. No, clearly they don't. In a head-to-head categories league, I give up Marcus Stroman and Austin Riley for Zach Wheeler. I think it's a B minus. Yeah, this might even depend on the depth of the league. But in a 12-team league, I, I think it's a slight win. C plus. Yeah, I like it. From Mark, in a head-to-head dynasty league, I give up Yandy Diaz. I get Joe Musgrove. Uh, I think that's a B plus. You don't like Yandi. I think he's fine. B. All right. These are good trades. Good job, people. All right. Let's go back to some regular emails. Adam from Toronto. Uh, my guy in my league is trying to trade for my Jose Altuve. He keeps offering me Walker Bueller and someone like Will Myers. I've been trying to get Scherzer, but he won't budge. He also owns Sale. Would it be smart for me to trade Altuve for Sale? I say yes. Hmm. So you give up Altuve. You give up Altuve to get Chris Sale is the trade. There were a lot of other names included in this email that didn't but have that, anything but, to do with yeah, this trade. But I think that's where it, it comes yeah. down. Trying to set up, um, yeah. Altuve or Sale, who would you rather have? I still think I'd rather have Altuve. I'll go with the guy who is not currently injured. Okay, one more quick break on Fantasy Baseball today. When we come back, i got one more regulators and a few more emails, including a fun one about advanced stats. I really want to hear what Chris and Heath have to say about it, and we'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Here we go. A few more emails to finish the show. This is from Nick. I know you have some mailbags coming up, so here's a thought on advanced pitcher metrics, specifically how they tend to minimize or completely exclude balls in play. Uh, FIP and XFIP completely ignore balls in play, other than home runs, which aren't even in play. While the only aspect of balls in play Sierra incorporates is ground balls. And while it makes more sense while it makes sense to more heavily weight the things more directly in the pitcher's control, and Babip has shown to be highly volatile volatile year to year, I just feel uneasy about ignoring balls in play considering they occur in more than two thirds of all plate appearances. XWOBA incorporates exit velocity and launch angle, but this metric appears to be more of a description of what should have happened rather than hold predictive value. I think a better solution would be to incorporate the pitch effects data to analyze balls in play, specifically look at all of the pitches that were put into play against the pitcher and categorize them based on their location, velocity, movement, and spin rate. And then based on all historical pitches thrown in the same category, calculate what the expected Woba or BABIP should have been given the characteristics of all balls in play against similar pitches. Then incorporate this into a FIP-like metric that includes pitchers, strikeouts, and walks, and now you've got yourself a more comprehensive pitcher metric that incorporates all outcomes. I think that there's a lot of interesting thoughts here. The one thing that I would say right off the bat is while batted ball data does matter for pitchers, they control a lot less of the – one of the reasons why you know, FIP and XFIP and the you – know, the big thing that Forrest McCracken like 20 years ago came away with when he created defensive independent, defense independent pitching stats was that pitchers just don't have that much control over what happens when the ball is hit. That's not to say they don't have any control, but I think there's been studies. I, I, I believe the number is like f- maybe 20% of – or no, I think it's something like 15% of – the batted ball variance on any given pitch is controlled by the pitcher. So the hitter and what they're doing has much more of an impact on the batted ball outcome. And so including like exit velocity, you're saying, yeah, yeah. Pitchers just don't have a ton. Like they definitely do control it to a certain extent, but there is a much tighter cluster of exit velocity for pitchers than there is for hitters. Um, which is just to say that, there's more skill involved with the, the hitting aspect of it. So then the, the other point that I would get to, and thank you for letting me filibuster. Um, there isn't a lot to suggest that incorporating batted ball data really improves the performance of these metrics. You know, there, there have been studies that compare FIP, XFIP, Sierra, DRA, which is baseball prospectuses version. Um, and WOBA just doesn't X WOBA or added ball data just doesn't really <coughs> improve on them 
at all, really. In terms of predict- predictiveness. Predictiveness, yeah. And so what he's talking about isn't necessarily batted ball data, but he's talking about velocity, location, spin rate, movement. Those things would be interesting to look at, and someone much smarter than me should probably do that. But my guess is that it would be really hard to control for – you'd also have to account for where the pitch was released, you know, how far from the plate, what the perceived velocity is, and the the angle. The angle of the spin uh, is just as important as the spin rate. So there's a lot that goes into it, and I'm not sure – it's the, I'm not sure the, is it the juice is worth the squeeze? That, I yeah, think that's, that's the, yeah. yep, yep, yep. All right, cool. I hope that was helpful. That was helpful for me. I enjoyed that. Good stuff. Good thoughts from our emailer and from Chris. Uh, three more grade the trades and then a regulators. Dear Adovino, Slocum, Casimir, and Sale. Adam, Heath, Scott, and Chris. That's right. I took Adam's advice and offered Freeman for JD Martinez. And then, I threw in Domingo Santana for Nelson Cruz. So we ended up giving up Freeman and Santana, Domingo, for J.D. Martinez and Nelson Cruz. Grade the trade. B-plus and B-plus. And then B-plus. Um, C-plus. And which one? Freeman and Martinez? Yes. Interesting. I mean, I had Freeman as like the number 10 pick and Martinez is the number five pick, I think in my preseason ranking. So they're both great players. Twice as good. Um, and B. Oh, oh B. B. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't quite finish the letter there. B. <laughs> From Sam in Springdale, give Ben and Tendy, get Vlad five by five categories. C. Mm, yeah. Mm, Minus. <laughs> From Jeremy, grade the trade, head-to-head points league, give up Ryu and Brantley. Get Nola and Soto. B+. Plus. In a points league? Mm-hmm. Ryu and Brantley for Nola and Soto. C. Hey, by the way, um, we're here on Friday, and J.D. Martinez has missed like four games in a row, so just in case he's on the IL, you know, with a back injury then you probably shouldn't have traded Freeman for him. But uh, we... maybe B minus then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I think Domingo Santana for Nelson Cruz is like a huge win. I can't believe that Heath does not see it that Cruz way. Cruz is also on the deal. He's, he's coming. He'll be right back. He's fine. After these, after these <laughs> messages. He'll be right back. 40-year-old guy. <laughs> As a 40-year-old, you know, they heal very quickly. I do not at all. Your wrist heals quickly, I'm sure. I injured my ankle in a 5K a year and a half ago, and it's still swollen and discolored. The wow. ankle bone's not connected to the wrist bone. All right, this is from Brian. 10-team head-to-head points league. On Monday at 106.51, like 51 seconds p.m. At 1.06 p.m. on Monday, I uh, dropped mm. Jose Martinez to pick up Mitch Moreland. I immediately went to move Moreland into my starting lineup, but to my surprise, I was unable to. After a few minutes, I realized that Boston had an early game with the first pitch at 1.07 p.m., nine seconds after he made the ad drop. I had no other options at first base, so I immediately emailed the commissioner and asked him if he would move Moreland into my first base slot. He did not get back to me until the following day and told me it was too late. I then asked him if he would reverse my ad drop so I could start Martinez instead. Since he didn't play on Monday, I wasn't playing until later that night on Tuesday. He told me to go pound sand. 
I hear you guys talk a lot about intent when you're regulating. To me, it's, to me, it's clear as day what my intent was, but maybe I'm wrong for being upset. What do you think? It seems your intent was to add Mitch Moreland after the ad drop deadline. It was before the ad drop it deadline. Was, it was before the start sit. Um, I, I know, at, at so I know Scott sit. would definitely make this trade. And Which think, one? Or this move. He, I, which one? Moreland. Oh, I think he'd let you put Moreland in your line. I would too. I would let you put Moreland in. I think I would too. But I'm not going to say that everyone should. I will say this. If this is a league where not having a first baseman makes your lineup illegal yeah. and causes you to get a zero, the commissioner should make one of these two moves. Well, or the commissioner should just put in like a minor league first baseman so you get zero points from that spot but don't have an yeah. illegal lineup. I'm not a fan of that. Well, then that's that's ridiculous. Like you're you're all or nothing. I, I have the compromise solution. I think you should put Moreland in his lineup, but if not, you generally should... the compromise solution is the worst solution. <laughs> kick kick Heath out of the league. To to quote Tyrion Lannister, everyone's mad about it, so that means it's a good compromise. Whatever. All right, thanks for listening. I'm sure. Don't look at me. Like I have no idea. He's said said a lot of things. What show is that? Over the last eight seasons. What show is that? Okay, uh, we are out of here. Thanks for listening to this bonus show. We'll talk to you on Tuesday on Fantasy Baseball Today.